Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, hey, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Cretans, Cretans. Good to be back. It's the Cretan himself. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> how you been faring? Uh, this Cretan has been doing okay. <clears throat> kind of hanging in there. Yeah. All my my uh, physical and mental problems, you know. And some brewery expansions too, no doubt. I think it seems like you've been real busy at the brewery lately. Yeah, I've got a lot to do at the brewery. So what I've discovered is I thought things were, you know, going well and that I could, <laughs> I could be gone more. And and it's just I, I need to be here, you know, day in and day out pretty much because <clears throat> there's a lot of little questions that happen. And then, you know, leaving those answers to other people, things start to eventually change from – what my ideal is you know yeah not that it's wrong but it's different yeah i want to you know have things go a certain way and you know uh so the more i'm here the the better i think things run which is pleasing in a way but also you know makes it harder for me to do do trips and stuff right yeah Yep, I can see how you, there'd be a certain amount of mission creep when people assume you'd, you know, say one thing, and no, it's not quite it. Yeah, right. And you know, it's it's just you know the people's opinion of one thing or another, or it's like, well, yeah, that you know that's in spec or not, or you know, what is the spec for you know something, especially new beers. Um, so, yeah, being here is is pretty critical especially right now there's just um just a lot to do we've been adding you know more tanks and more styles and doing some different things and experimenting with some new equipment and new methods um always in the interest of improving you know the beers that we make or trying always always trying new things and so you can you know especially in those i think it's important that you know i'd be part of that uh, process to make sure that you know it's getting the results that i want and you know a lot of it is just a mental exercise almost of what what is the the right thing to do and how to do it and you know what you know i don't know yeah yeah it's maybe maybe a whole nother show um 
uh, you know, we were speaking before the thing about uh, we're going to Sweden. We're both going to Sweden. Yeah. Two of us. Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting. It's one of my favorite uh, places in the world and uh, one of my favorite conferences. So um, I think you'll have fun. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, March is going to be busy. I've got that. I've, we've got that trip uh, to Sweden. I come back home for a day or two, and then it's off to uh, Ensenada for the Ensenada Beer Fest in Mexico. And then after that, we've got the Brew Your Own Boot Camp in Denver this year. Uh-huh. And that's always a lot of fun. So, busy month. Yeah. See, the only thing that would make Sweden more fun is if Blickman was to come with us. That's right. Well, speaking of speaking of always experimenting with new things, yes. Right. The experimental guy. See, it was, that was the perfect uh, fusion of Adam and Eve and uh, Blickman. There you go. Yeah. Experimenting. He's always willing to try new stuff. Mm-hmm. He is. Searching and... for power tools and stuff. <laughs> uh, our good friend John Blickman. Uh, <clears throat> he has sponsored the show. Since its inception, I think there was a couple of shows early on where he wasn't wasn't on yet, but um, he's been paying for the show for a very long time, so you don't have to pay for it. Because of that, I would appreciate it greatly if you would go to BlickmanEngineering.com, check out the things there, look at the the, the Blickman stuff in the store, your local homebrew shop, um, and you know send a thank you email to uh, feedback at Blickman Engineering, telling uh, John. How much you appreciate that he pays for the show, so you don't have to. Uh, great guy, great engineer, is really understands how brewers brew and designs products that make it uh, innovate your brew day, as uh, John uh, uh, Jason Petrus used to say. Yep, yep. He's always always trying to improve things, make it more efficient, make an easier, more fun brew day. Right, and providing you some entertainment and information through the show. So that's right. He's, uh, John Blickman, he's the he's the the entire package. He he is for for a fact, and a good guy, really good guy. Um, <clears throat> so today we're gonna kind of revisit some uh, uh, water uh, adjustments, and uh, people always have a lot of questions about water adjustments. Um, and it, it, it seems, you know, part of it is there's so many ways to, uh, should we say, skin a cat? Is that that's right. the appropriate yeah. thing to say these days? Or what's, <laughs> what do you use instead of skin a cat? Um, you know, vegetable peelers, um, <laughs> not spoons. Not oh, I see. I see. Instead of, oh, what's the, uh, the saying you use, uh, many ways to slice an apple, core an apple. Uh, I don't know. All way, yeah. all, all roads lead to Rome. All, all roads lead to Rome. There's more than one way to cook an egg. There's one way to cook an egg. There's more than one way to uh, pleasure yourself. Yes. There we go. I think we'll stick with that one. That okay. one's work. Um, instead of skinning cats. That, that just sounds wrong. Bevo, uh, Bevo's here, and she's like, I knew I knew he was going to go there somehow. <laughs> of course. She knows me. Um, so, and because of that, 
there are some, I think, some nuances that people, you know, it's like when you're trying to add chloride, do you use calcium chloride? Do you use sodium chloride? I mean, there's a couple of ways of getting chloride into your water. You know, so which yeah, one do you point. use and why? And and at which point do you say, well, I have too much calcium or too much sodium or, you know, it's it's one of those questions of, uh, and it, it's almost like cooking in a way, uh, you know, seasoning. You and I have always said, you know, water adjustments and minerals are kind of like seasoning to your beer. Right. You know, you add a little bit of salt, uh, you know, you change the flavor, you add a little bit of pepper, whatever. Uh, you're, you know, you're, you're changing your, your basic chicken into, you know, something much more flavorful and rich or, uh, you know, spicy or whatever you want, but there's many ways to do it. So I guess that's, that's why we're going to, we're going to revisit this because people still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe you don't have time to go back through the archives and go to the Water Ganza shows and so on. Um, so, we, you know, we like to keep it current. And, Watergasm? Uh, is it, was this what the shows were called? Not Ganza, Gasm? Watergasm? That's probably, yeah. That's probably it. I, I mean, may be misremembering. Yes. We could check with Bevo. She'd know. Well, she knows it's a She's gasm. too busy shaking her head to, to know. <laughs> okay, well. Faith and Bevo shaken for the moment, but uh, we'll persevere. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. So why why are we doing this? Okay. Well, we're doing it for three reasons. Um, one, we are trying to adjust our mash pH. Um, and the reason we adjust the mash pH is we're trying to get the best efficiency uh, from our mash and get the most yield from our ingredients, most bang for our buck. So water, the mash pH um, is our first goal uh, when it comes to water adjustment. And then we're, uh, we're trying to adjust the flavor balance, as you noted, um, sulfate to chloride ratio. When What beers do you want more sulfate for? What beers do you want more chloride for? Where is it less critical, where you want a balance profile? Um, and then there's the third concept, which is structure. Now, this one may seem uh, kind of uh, oh, mythical, but um, if you think about <clears throat> different beer styles such as Bohemian Pilsner, German Pilsner, Dortmunder Export, you know, three uh, Pilsner malt beers, um, similar gravities, noble hops, lager yeast, but they are different in the way that those flavors are expressed. And one of those factors is the water with which they're brewed. Bohemian Pilsner, very soft, um, even though it's fairly bitter, it's a big soft bitterness and big soft malty profile. Mm -hmm. German Pilsner, a little more crisp, a um, little, little drier. And again, it's because the, going from the Bohemian to the German Pilsner, you increase the minerals in the water and give more structure to the beer's flavors. And a different set of minerals, I mean, a different balance. Different balance and also different Similar amounts, but different different types. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit different type, but just magnitude, the amount of seasoning in the beer, if mm -hmm. you will, the difference between French cooking and Cajun cooking. Um, you know, the, the the more minerals that are in the water, the more structure there are for the beer flavors, and the the 
you know, the more robust that beer tastes. Dortmunder Export, the third type, you know, uh, again, a much more robust tasting beer, and it's due uh, in part to the higher minerality of the of the Dortmunder water. Mm-hmm. So that, those are why we adjust uh, our, our brewing water. We're doing it to adjust, you know, our mash pH. We're doing it to adjust our beer flavors. Um, and when we adjust mash pH, we're also influencing our eventual beer pH. Mm-hmm. And the beer pH uh, will affect how those flavors are expressed to your palate. So a little lower beer pH tends to focus flavors. A little higher beer pH tends to open up flavors a bit. And that's a subtle effect, but but indeed very noticeable uh, when you're trying different beers, the same recipe, different water. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. All right. So... Uh, uh, before we get into the what, I think it's time uh, for us to take a short break. Right. Uh, and we will uh, come back with uh, what uh, kind of... Uh, what, what we're going to adjust, yes. And what, what you're going to adjust. All right, we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're talking... Water, water adjustments. Uh, you know, people people have a lot of questions about this, John. Um, you know, not yeah, all, yeah. I think I think a lot of people understand the why, but not quite the the what or the how. Yeah, that's probably a good good thought. Um, yeah, we when we talk about adjusting water, we're really talking about adjusting the mineral content, and. Um, you know, and, and what you do to adjust it depends on what you have. Um, you know, I, we had a recent question to Bruce Strong um, where uh, the brewer asked, you know, hey, here's my water report. Here's what Beersmith is telling me to do to hit this pH of 5.2. But the in his case, he said the amount of acid that it's calculated seems to be an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, when, whenever you adjust water, you have to be very cognizant of how much water you're adjusting. 
because that you know that directly influences how much of any salt or acid that you're doing um right. and you have to yeah sorry oh no it, it, if you're adjusting just your mash water right or yeah. you're adjusting your mash and your sparge water if you're adjusting just water for an extract brew or you know uh, 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 extract with steeping grains it's all going to be you know somewhat different just basically even just from volume yeah yeah and yeah so you have to be very aware of that volume um I, I like to adjust my water in the hot liquor tank. That way I can just, you know, adjust it all ahead of time, all, you know, 10, 15 gallons of it or whatever I'm doing, mm -hmm. and then just brew with that water, sparge with that water there on out, and I don't have to worry about making additional adjustments. Well, see, that's one of the, the joys of being a home brewer is your hot liquor tank you you're using it for that day or for that batch and you can you can do that yeah so brewery my hot liquor tank is you know 90 barrels and we may be doing two or three different beers or just you know one one beer but that hot liquor tank is continually being drained and filled yeah and you know it's to have 90 barrels of hot hot liquor on hand at all times and then the it gets made up from water that comes from the heat exchanger so we, we can't uh, yeah. adjust the the sparge the uh, hot liquor tank to um, one go. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a very good point. So you need to instead have that uh, hot liquor tank or your that water as uh, like a at your baseline or just your source water, mm -hmm. um, and then do your adjustments at the at the mash tun and at the kettle. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I see. Uh, that's that's a very good consideration as well. Right. So important to be you know aware of of how you're doing the adjustments, when you're doing the adjustments. Um, you know what are we adjusting? Well, we're like I said, we're we're trying to adjust the mineral concentrations. Um, sometimes we're trying to add calcium to get to a get to a baseline fifty ppm. Um, other times we're trying to reduce our alkalinity or offset our alkalinity with calcium additions. Mm -hmm. um, to reduce alkalinity, very often you need um, acid additions, whether um, what is it? Phosphoric or lactic um, are very common. Which do you use, Jamil? Uh, phosphoric, seventy-five percent phosphoric. Yeah, that's a, that's probably the most common uh, in commercial breweries because it's readily available and and really and flavorless. Um, I often use lactic just because it's uh, easy to get from the homebrew shop. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, of course, we have reverse osmosis systems, which are you know increasingly available from Home Depot and Lowe's and so on. Right. And uh, you know that's a great way to strip the alkalinity out of your water uh, and get down to you know near pure water and allow you to add the particular salts you need for a particular brew. Reverse osmosis systems are very common in California uh, oh. among California breweries because, as you know, um, your water you know source can change uh during the month uh unexpectedly yeah my problem with this is just so so wasteful of water you know that's true yeah you know most of those you're going to lose half of the water and then uh some of them you can you can 
lose less, you know, maybe down to 20, 25% loss. Yeah. Under, under the real high pressure, you know, high end ones. But, uh, yeah, well, and people use that water for other things, I guess, you know, they use it for rinsing stuff, but it's so high in minerals that you, know, you can't use it like to rinse your the outside of your tanks because it leaves <laughs> you know, such a mess. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 brine at that point. It's, yeah, it's like exactly. seawater. It's uh, that, that's what they call it is brine. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, so so for us, for example, um, our water, um, you know, that we measure with the uh, Lamotte kit. Yeah, uh, the Lab. The brew lab. Uh, over the past three years, here's here's our averages. Um, calcium hardness is 67. Uh, uh, the magnesium hardness is 60. Sodium 38. Sulfate 50. Chloride 29. Total hardness 127. Alkalinity total alkalinity 117 and residual alkalinity 80. And the average pH is 7.8. Okay. Yep. Those are average numbers across three years of measurements. So, well, we we use this, uh, and, and actually, this is coming out of our hot liquor tank. Oh, okay, yep. <clears throat> because what we find is uh, a residence time in the hot liquor tank, uh, we're getting some uh, minerals dropping out and actually forming a hard deposit on the inside of the uh, the hot liquor tank. So every year or so, we have to drain it. And then they come in with uh, whatever that acid is they used in Breaking Bad to dissolve a body. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they use that. They they literally they, they that's what they use. They they put on hazmat suits and it takes special licensing to do this. And they uh, clean out the mineral deposits out of the hot liquor tank for us. Yeah, that's that uh, takes some strong acid. That Hydro, hydrofluoric acid. Yes, something uh, like. That. Uh, it, it, they, you have to be licensed and trained to use it, so we can't do it ourselves. Hopefully, nobody uh, asks any questions about why the search history on the studio computer is acid used to <laughs> dissolve body. body. <laughs> I'll bet you it just popped right up. Uh, yeah, eating, right, yeah. I put in acid, and the rest deleted. auto populated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's brain network. <laughs> I mean, these people that disappeared. You know, you think Daniela went back to Germany? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was told she went to call screener heaven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, she went to, she's working at a farm up north. She's okay. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's running around having fun. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, we use our water just as is. We carbon filter it. Uh, like I said, it, it goes into a cold liquor tank first, used to chill the wort, and then it, that sends it to the hot liquor tank, and then we heat it up the rest of the way. And so that's our water. Yeah. So I'm always working from that, and then I make adjustments from there. I mean, I, I think our water is pretty decent at those numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you have uh, what two equivalents of calcium, one equivalent uh, or three equivalents of magnesium. Um, relatively low concentrations of sodium chloride and sulfate, so you can add, you know, it gives you room to add calcium salts. Mm -hmm. um, you do have, you know, 120-ish uh, total alkalinity um, and residual alkalinity of 80, which is on that, on the positive side, 
which indicates that you know you need to offset the alkalinity of the water with some specialty malts. You know, adding some acidic specialty malts or adding uh, physical phosphoric acid to the mash to help you achieve your target mash pH range. So generally, what I do is I look at the the beer we're trying to brew. And if it's a dark beer, you know, there's the acids, the acidity of the, the dark grains, and that'll help bring down the acidity. Or, and then am I trying, or is it, a, you know, all pale malt or something in between? And then am I trying to um, make something that's, you know, soft and, uh, you know, it's got a nice mouthfeel to it, and maybe I want more chloride or sodium? Uh, or am I making something that I want, you know, the hops to, the hop bitterness to pop? Yeah. And I want more uh, sulfates. Um, so, you know, those are kind of the decisions I make. And then usually what I want is a ratio between the chloride and the sulfate. And, um, you know, if I'm going hoppy, then maybe, you know, three to one towards the sulfate. If I'm going, um, you know, softer, you know, uh, more luscious mouthfeel, then I'll go, you know, three to one on the chloride side or right. two to one or maybe even. Um, and then I, I try and keep the total amounts. I try and keep my calcium, you know, 150 or less. Yep. Um, and, you know, so I work with the, the things that, uh, you know, God gave us, which is gypsum, Epsom salt, you know, uh, regular salt, yeah. calcium chloride, uh, magnesium chloride, you know, all those things will uh, bring the pH down. Um, or I use like chalk, baking soda, um, or, uh, you know, you can use uh, even uh, caustic to uh, bring your pH up. So I kind of mess around with those, and then I see how much, you know, phosphoric acid I need to add in order to get me down to my pH that I want, generally around the 5, 2, 5, 4 range. And yeah. so that's how I approach it. And even with the water we have, I'm able to achieve most of the water profiles that I want, I haven't right. really suffered in that that respect. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an important point as well. You know, you're not trying to achieve a perfect water. <clears throat> you know, brewing is cooking. You are the brewer. You are making your beer, and you are adjusting the water to and the, thereby the beer to t- bring out the flavors you want in that beer. And so there's no there's no hard and fast rule as to exactly how that beer should taste. You you are the brewmaster and adjusting it to, you know, as you see fit. Um, you know, whether it's bringing out the, the hop character with some more sulfate, bringing out the malt character and the smoothness with some more chloride. Um, you know, those are, those are your tools to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one concept, you know, in, in water adjustment that's very useful to have in mind is this concept of balancing a triangle. If you consider the residual alkalinity of your water as one point on that triangle, the 
amount of base malt that you have in your recipe is another point, and then the amount of specialty malt that you have in your recipe is the third point. You know, if you picture that as a you know a triangle of different length sides because of these quantities, the balance point of that triangle is going to be your mash pH. Mm-hmm. And so if you have lots of specialty malts, like in a in a stout or an imperial red, you know, the acidity of that of that grain bill relative to your water and your uh, base malt is going to, you know, move that balance point further out towards that acidity, uh, acidic specialty malt. And you may need to increase your water alkalinity to compensate and bring that balance point back to, you know, your, your pH target. Mm-hmm. Um, little little couple words on pH target. Um, so often brewers are, you know, are told or, you know, they learn that, you know, we're trying to hit a pH of 5.2. Not always true. You are trying to get uh, a you know a, a lower pH than you would normally achieve with base malt alone. That's typically around five point eight or so. Mm-hmm. We are trying to bring that pH down because that pr- helps protect the beer from astringency, um, and it does also other things in terms of improving lauderability, um, refining the hop flavor, and a few other things. Um, but there is a range of mash pH that works for good mm-hmm. conversion and also affects the flavor of the beer. So generally, we're looking like five two to five six. Mm-hmm. Um, I like 5.2 for pale pale beers. You know, okay. your your Pilsner malt beers helps – the little lower pH helps make that uh, base malt character pop a little mm-hmm. bit more, makes it a little brighter. As you go to darker grain bills, amber ales, uh, brown ales, and on up into porters and stouts, then a little higher mash pH uh, I think is better for flavor. It helps open up the specialty malt character and allowing you to taste the different malts that are present in that beer. That, and I think it just balances out better. Um, Yeah. You know, I was just looking at our um, milk stout that we're doing and uh uh you know uh, I, i'd like to hit a ph of about five six in the yeah. in the mash and because i think just overall it, it adds to the roundness of the the malt character uh just the the you know especially in something like a milk stout i want you know a, a more of a fullness and uh yeah exactly yeah to that beer that sounds that sounds perfect mm-hmm. um the, we received a, a, one of your questions into Brew Strong last week, a gentleman named Scott, um, and he was going to brew a Russian Imperial Stout. And, uh, you know, the brewing software he was using was telling him, okay, target 5.2. Um, he already had lots of dark malts, and it was telling him to add quite a bit of lactic acid to get drive down to that 5.2. Mm-hmm. And I explained in a reply that, yeah, we're not truly trying to hit 5.2 here. I think, you know, 5.4 to 5.6 is a better range for an, a Russian Imperial Stout. You know, mm-hmm. again, as you say, to make it a little rounder and fuller, sweeter tasting. Well, and what happens during ferment is, uh, and it depends on the yeast, but, you know, it can take out, uh, you know, can acidify the beer even further. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, all, all fermentations will. But, uh, you know, with, with the um, uh, acidic uh, nature of the, the roasted grains, you know, those will come out more and will pop. So uh, your pH will go down. It may go down to exactly where it was going to end up anyways. Even starting at 5, 6, if the ending of the, the pH was going to be 4, 2 or 4, 4, it's probably going to get down to 4, 4, even if you started at, you know, 5, 2 or 5, 6. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it, either way, it's going to get to that f- same finishing point. Yeah. There are, yeah, that, that's a great point. There's a lot of factors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that affect, affect your pH. But, yeah, you in general, you can kind of, if you can kind of visualize going from, say, 5.6 down to 4.6, 5.4 down to 4.4 four, four kind of transition. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it depends on your mineral content, the the mash, the, the yeast strain that you're using. A lot of factors will affect that. Mm-hmm couple you know point or so each way absolutely all right uh let's take another break uh when we come back i think uh you know a little bit more about uh um, you know how we adjustment how, how we make the adjustments uh and you know how we how we measure things and all that uh we'll be back right after this Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Technical. Technical. That's the, te- the the testicles of technical. Yes. Uh, well, and this fine episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association, makers of the free Brew Guru mobile app. If you love brewing beer and saving money on a beer when you go out, you need the Brew Guru in your corner. The app offers a searchable database of homebrew recipes, including popular craft beer clones and hundreds of winning recipes from the National Homebrew Competition. What's more. Brew Guru has a searchable map of deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew shops. Grab the free Brew Guru app for iPhone and Android device, devices and follow the path to good beer. I'll tell you, the Brew Guru, Brew Guru app is a good app, and uh, it's free. And uh, when you're a member, you get all the uh, the goodies in there, including the discounts. And, and uh, I'll tell you, that is an excellent map of uh, of uh, not just breweries, but the beer bars, homebrew shops, all the stuff that's giving you those discounts. It, yep. If you use that app, every time you go out to buy homebrew supplies or drink beer or visit breweries, it will pay for your membership. That's I, right. I bet you, you you'll save enough money that it'll pay for your membership. So uh, check it out, the Brew Guru mobile app. And you can get it from all the places you get your mobile app needs met. So just hand the phone to your child and have them install it for you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of mobile apps, um, yes. this will probably be a good time to point out that there is the Palmer Water Adjustment app available Ooh. on both the Apple and Google stores. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it works much like, my, well, exactly like my Excel spreadsheet for adjusting water. Um, help you, you know, choose a style of beer that you're trying to brew, some suggested guidelines. You input and save your source water data, mm-hmm. and then you can do salt additions, acid additions, um, you know, and it'll it'll calculate the numbers for you, estimate your acid additions for you. Um, it doesn't uh, estimate your your mash your mash pH. What it does is it calculates the changes that you've made to re to your residual alkalinity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important concept in that, you know, all of these uh, water adjustments we're doing in both my app and other people's apps uh, that estimate mash pH, you know, these are models. These are very often simple linear models for which is actually fairly complex chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's why I, my app doesn't go into estimating mash pH. It just works on the residual alkalinity end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're brewing a dark beer, go for a positive value of, of residual alkalinity somewhere between, say, 50 and 100. Uh, if you're trying to brew a pale beer, then go for negative values of residual alkalinity. Mm-hmm. And what's important then is to do those adjustments, brew that beer, you know, and measure your mash pH. Get an actual pH meter and measure it because that is the real deal. Um, Estimates are good, but you don't want to blindly follow an estimate and and not measure your pH and find out that, you know, hey, the estimate was off. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Right. Measure uh, the important thing, uh, you know. It's uh, any of these calculators. Um, I, I I do find that, uh, especially in in pale beers, the pH. If you've entered your your water profile correctly, and um, uh, I, I find that uh, I can go back and I can I can enter in um, beers that we've brewed and the amount of acid that we had, and sure enough, uh, the pH matches. Especially on the on the pale beers, yeah, it matches you know quite well. It's when you get into a lot of the specialty malts and uh, especially the darker beers that things tend to kind of get a little skewed as to what the pH might be. Yeah. Um, so just you know take it with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's no there's no substitute for actually brewing and measuring, mm-hmm. and you know you. Any any commercial brewer you you know you would talk to as a home brewer, they always spend two or three five batches dialing a recipe in. Um, part of it is for mash pH. Uh, you know how much acid do they need to add to to hit their target? Uh, where is their target? Maybe it's a little lower. Maybe it's a little higher, uh, depending on what they taste. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no hard and fast rules. And it's interesting, you know, uh, I'll, I'll make a beer and people like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. That's, you know, great. And uh, the distributors especially are just like, well, it has to stay exactly like this. You can't make any changes at all. It's like, <laughs> hell no, I'm going to be changing this thing. I used to tell them, it's like, well, I'm going to make a little tweak. And they would freak out. I'm like, I, I don't bother telling them anything yeah. anymore, as far as that goes. 
I mean, there's some of the distributors I can, you know, they understand, you know, they understand beer and brewing and flavor and all that. Um, some, some don't, um, but, uh, you know, the ones that, that do, they, they appreciate the fact that I'm constantly tweaking. I'm trying to make the beers better. And the vast majority of people are never going to know. You know, it's it's a small little change that unless you're really looking for it and you're, you're tasting beer side by side, you just don't know. So we will tweak the water. We will tweak, you know, the hops. We will tweak, you know, the process, temperatures, you know, pitching rates, everything. Everything is, you know, a, a little dial that you can tweak to get, you know, your exact output. Um, you know, or, you know, everything is the seasoning or, you know, the temperature of the pan or, you know, however you're cooking something, right, uh, right. all makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that uh, there's, you know, comparing, say, your West Coast IPAs to your hazy IPAs that you're, you are flip-flopping the, uh, the sulfate and chloride? Uh, yeah, for certain. Um, we, we uh, absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the question is, uh, you know, how, how heavy to go um, on some of these. So, yep. you know, and then if we want to go heavier on the chloride, do, you know, there's only so much calcium chloride we want to throw in um, before you just get a lot of calcium in there. Or do you do more sodium chloride? But then there's so, only so much sodium you can put in before it tastes <laughs> salty. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a balancing act. And, uh, um, you know, if you overdo it, the beer starts to taste minerally. Yeah. And you taste that more than you taste, you know, what you're intending. And I taste a lot of beers out there that just have this real mineral uh, character to them. And I think people have kind of overdone it. That's why I, I think you and I have always said, look, you know, Use some restraint. Use some some yeah. caution. You don't want to overdo it. Start with less. More more is less, or less is more, or whatever. More right, right. Less is more. Yeah, and that's very true. Especially, I think in the hazy IPAs, uh, people are going for you know more chloride, trying to make that beer more juicy and more creamy, and mm -hmm. you know it's. Uh, again, this is this is season. You you don't want to oversalt your beer. You don't want to get a minerally finish on you know an otherwise soft and juicy beer. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I've, I've tasted that uh, myself uh, quite frequently. Um, so yeah, keep keep all your minerals additions and so on. You keep that total concentration um, somewhere between 50 and 100 is generally good. Um, in some cases, chloride, you can kick that up to 150 for a hazy, but make sure that not everything is over 100 ppm because that's when you start running into these minerality issues. Mm -hmm. Right, like a total, uh, you know, total limit. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I've I've seen uh, you know suggestions of you know two fifty uh, yeah. and the chloride, and uh, I have not gone up that high uh, commercially, um, but uh, I'll do you know one fifty one eighty. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I think that's again as long as you understand where you're pushing that envelope and you know keeping things compensated. Otherwise, you know you can't have 
every mineral, every ion up at that level. But the okay. chloride for a hazy works. You can have your sodium. I think you know you can have a sodium level up around a hundred, mm-hmm. um, but and chloride around one hundred and fifty. It's fine. Um, but make sure that you don't have high sulfate as well, mm-hmm. because now you're going to start running into the minerality issue. All right. Now, what about uh, <clears throat> sodium becoming salty? What's the, the limit for – this is a common concern for people is, oh, I don't want the beer to taste salty. Yeah. Generally, that's what, 200, 250? Yeah, I would say it's up in that area. People's sensitivity to salt, of course, varies. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it, it usually you don't get a salty flavor like you do in a gosa uh, so much as you get the the mineral, the metallic, you know, the dry, chalky kind of finish mm. in a beer. I think that that arrives first before uh, saltiness does, mm-hmm. except in the case of gosa where you've got. Uh, you know some acidity and sodium chloride kind of as a in higher levels mm-hmm. um, or, you know do you brew ghosts meal what uh, uh, I have yeah i i don't know what I don't know off the top of my head what uh, saline or you know sodium and chloride levels are recommended for ghosts, but I would say it's probably in the maybe the two hundred two hundred fifty ppm level mm-hmm. to to get some some saline type taste right well and you know people go overboard with it i think that's yeah. one of the one of the problems i've seen is uh you know high uh you know salty uh overly salty and sour uh beers yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's from the descriptions it's really supposed to be more of a of a subtle salt sweetness you right. know, aspect where you've you've enhanced that maltiness character uh well the way i look at it is you know it, the the beer was sour and so somebody decided to add some some salt to it to kind of mitigate the fact that it was coming up sour or you know it was tart mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know not not really sour but tart and yeah a little bit of salt and kind of sweeten it up and and that was kind of the the genesis of this back in the day it wasn't to you know have this super briny sour beer <laughs> right right you know like everything we overdo it you know yeah i don't i don't know about that um well, I have one other question for you. All right. So, <clears throat> like I was talking earlier, we have our, you know, our hot liquor tank. Um, so, uh, our salt additions are just going into the mash. And, okay. you know, there's the, the hot liquor is not adjusted. So, all the acid and, and salt additions are just done in the mash. Okay. And how do you how do you calculate that? What do you what do you think of that? Do you add more uh, uh, than you would for just do you add enough for both the mash and the sparge? Uh, I've seen people add some to the mash and and actually hold some back so their pH was higher in the mash, and then they add it to the kettle. Um, what are your thoughts on on those techniques? On that. Yeah, that's a good question. My my understanding. And my my priority is that you know we're trying to dial in the mash pH first. 
Mm-hmm. So I only when I when I have to hold my salts back um, and add them at the mash tun uh, after doming in, I'm doing I'm doing that salt addition based on the volume of water in the mash tun to hit my target mash pH. Mm-hmm. So that you know that chemistry is set up there. It's dialed in. I do the mash and then I start sparging. Now. Um, the sparge water, uh, you know, doesn't have added, any added salts to it. Um, if you if you have a way of dosing that, you could add appropriate salts per gallon, you know, as you sparge. But generally, I think you're going to leave that sparge water alone, and then. You know, for the volume of water that you sparged with, uh, when it gets to the kettle, then I would add the appropriate amount of salts for that sparge volume to the kettle mm. to to kind of maintain that water profile that I was setting up in the mash in the mash tun. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just trying to you know to keep it equal, keep it like I had been brewing with you know a, a large tank of this water naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's my philosophy on it. Again, you could add more. You could you know say, okay, well, I've got my my mash pH taken care of. I've produced my wort. Maybe I'm gonna uh, save all my dark malts for the Vorloff, um, and I'm not worrying about you know additional kettle additions or so on. Uh, you know, and treat it that way. Um, when it comes to, you know, final wort concentrations, we don't have enough really enough published data to say, you know, how, how different ion concentrations taste. We kind of treat it from the front end saying, you know, starting with this water, the beer tastes okay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. starting, you know, if we use calcium or calcium sulfate salt, that, you know, enhances the, the hop character. And if we use calcium chloride, that enhances the malt character. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going on and on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Do your additions to the mash tun based on that mash water volume and then make up any uh, sparge water volume additions at the kettle based on that sparge water volume. Interesting. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on water before we wrap this up? Um, the final one is a reminder to always take a sample from your mash and cool it to near room temperature to measure mm-hmm. pH. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a you know rule of thumb adjustment of like three tenths lower right. reading at mash p at mash temperature than at room temperature, but you know that's that is not a universal constant. It's, it's an estimate, so mm-hmm. it works better. When we talk about you know this five two to five six mash pH range that we're trying to hit, take a sample, cool it in a shallow saucer, measure that pH near room temperature. If it's a body temperature, that's fine. You know you're you're closer to room temp than you are if you're measuring it directly in the mash. And I tell you, one of the my favorite things that I made when I started this commercial brewery is a uh, a little uh, copper immersion coil. Ah. I, I made it out of uh, 
went to Lowe's or Home Depot and got some uh, refrigerator, you know, copper water line for the back of the refrigerator. Yeah. So it's a tiny little line. I wrapped it around something. I can't remember what I wrapped it around and made an immersion coil. And, you know, I had a 10 foot of this. I think it was 10 bucks. And then uh, I got a, a stainless cup. And so we take a cup of uh, liquid, uh, wort, and then this thing drops in. And there's a, I took a, uh, a thermometer, a clip on thermometer, and it's clipped onto the little coil. And the probe goes down in the center. And then uh, you just turn on the water, stir the cup with it, and yeah. it chills the, the cup of wort in seconds. The whole cup nice. is completely done. You can fill up a, uh, you know, a hydrometer flask or do your pH reading or whatever. And it uh, works out great. I've, uh, we've used it for the last nine, ten years. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised somebody doesn't make these. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful concept. Yeah, quick and easy. Um, you know, total is maybe twenty bucks, including the thermometer, pieces of tubing, you know, uh, the stainless cup, and uh, yeah, uh, well worth it. And it makes it so easy to get your samples down to room temperature. The thermometers are right in there, so you can see it. Uh, maybe I should post something, or I don't know, take a picture of it. And yeah, then, I, th I think people are probably curious on what you're able to find that was thin enough and long enough to wrap the coil around. Right, right. And then uh, uh, once once you're done with your sample, you just pour it right back into your kettle and, uh, you know, or back into your mash. And it's it's good to go. It doesn't, doesn't even go. hurt anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just one of the one of the things that we figured out early on. All right. Uh, another great show. Thanks again for your, your questions about uh, water, uh, everybody. That's yeah. Again, another water show. This Water tends to be like the top topic, water and fermentation. So uh, we'll, we'll keep covering those as long as you guys have questions. Speaking of which, we should probably do another Q&A show one of these days. We haven't done yeah. one in a long time, and I know the questions are building up. All right. Uh, well, another fine show. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we will, uh, if you're listening live... Uh, stay tuned as we will be uh, doing a show on uh, current trends in American brewing. Current trends in American brewing. That sounds very topical. All right. Uh, make sure you check out our fine sponsors. Check out Blickman Engineering and uh, send them a, an email at uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com and tell John how much you appreciate him uh, paying for the show so you don't have to. Uh, make sure to check out the AHA and the Brew Guru app, uh, which will help you save enough money to uh, really uh, pay for your membership. So until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong, everyone. Brew strong, everyone.